Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Together, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Infant Joy by William Blake. I have no name. I am but two days old. What shall I call thee? I happy am. Joy is my name. Sweet joy befall thee. Pretty joy, sweet joy, but two days old. Sweet joy, I call thee. Thou dost smile, I sing the while. Sweet joy befall thee. And a Buddhist saying on joy. Let us live in joy, not hating those who hate us. Among those who hate us, we live free of hate. Let us live in joy, free from disease, among those who are diseased. Among those who are diseased, let us live free of disease. Let us live in joy, free from greed, among the greedy. Among those who are greedy, we live free from greed. Let us live in joy, though we possess nothing. Let us live feeding on joy like the bright gods. Thank you very much, Susie. So let us talk about joy today, our fourth advent. And just to remember what we have been on, that journey of preparation, which is what Advent is about. The first Advent is about hope and faith, which we need in the first place in order to be able and to be willing to change. And then we need to find peace more often than we often give ourselves opportunity to do so, to tap into that power that we actually have. And then love is such an important factor in all of it, represented by Mary in many of the stories around Jesus Christ's birth, because we need to add that love factor in order for that birth to really come uh, into existence. And today, <clears throat> we're talking about joy, because joy is an often misunderstood way of being, limited to just a feeling of joy, rather than an experience of joy. So that what we've been doing so far is we, we've been preparing ourselves for that birth, the birth of that spiritual gift that we have been waiting for. And that spiritual gift is not something that anyone else can create or birth for us. It's not something that is magically given to us from anywhere outside of ourselves. The only way that spiritual gift can be born is because of us and through us. We have to take action, right? We have to become a part of that. There's all these laws that are at work, these spiritual laws, laws how we create, love, loves that make sure that goodness can expand. That's all 
working for us and available to us, but we are the ones who have to use those laws. Otherwise, nothing happens. Right? As simple as that. Another way of saying we are the activity of God. God is, we are, and we are the activity of that. So let's start with the story. And I've asked Dee to come up today to read us today's Bible story. And so Dee will read us the visit of the Magi. Matthew 1, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star in the east and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For, you shall come, for from you shall come a ruler, who is the shepherd, my people, Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen in the east until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Thank you, Dee. So that's the story. So let's try to remember what we just heard. What happens in the story? The king hears the king hears of the birth of Jesus. Yeah. So Jesus is already born. That's one thing. The Magi arrive in Jerusalem, right, and to look for Jesus, and not yet. Yeah, didn't he, right? He got all antsy about it and said, oh, my God, you know, I got to find out where Jesus is. Okay, he's born now. The Magi arrive. They're, Magi are like wise men and women. Um, by the way, it's never said that there's only three magi. It's also necessarily understood, it's actually believed that there were men and women. They were considered like the old days scientists, uh, if you will, in, in one regard. And so they were coming from the east to Jerusalem, and they were looking for Jesus. They were following the star of Bethlehem, right? And then that's when they had Herod, but Herod got all weird about it. You know, he said, oh, no, you know, he heard, he heard about this prophecy. You know, the priests and scribes recite the prophecy, the prophecy of the Messiah, right? And, and he didn't want another ruler, okay? So what happens next after this? Okay. 
Pharaoh asks the Magi to find Jesus and let him know so he can pay tribute. That's what he says, right? I want to pay tribute, but we know, you know he doesn't want that, right? He wants to kill baby Jesus, okay? What is next? They find Jesus, right? And then they give him the three gifts. That's why most people assume, and you know, even the artists, that it's only three magi. But it's more likely that there were a lot more of them uh, that were interested in what's going on with the star of Bethlehem and, and so on, and with the stories and the prophecy of the Messiah. And then what's the last thing? What do the magi, magi do when they... We're going home, exactly. The Magi return home without visiting with Herod, exactly. So that's the literal story, okay? And as we talked about this before, you know, you have to consider these, these stories in the gospel as there may be some, some actual historical facts behind it, yes, like King Herod, uh, confirmed as, you know, having been in place to govern, uh, you know, also Jesus Christ as having been someone who has been crucified at, at one point in time around that time period that we talk about. There's really not a lot known other than that. Okay? So it's more likely that this story is not to be understood literally but to be understood as most likely most people would have understood it back in the day. All the characters, the names, and even the actions have a symbolism behind it. There's a meaning behind it. So we can ask ourselves, well, does it, what, what does it all mean, right? And so now I'm going to quiz you again because if you paid attention the last three Advents, you know what these characters and these things mean, symbolically, metaphysically, whatever you want to call it, right? So what does Jesus Christ represent? Consciousness, yeah, what else? Part of Spark of life, yeah. The board, the bearing of the, you know, Jesus Christ being born. What did I talk about the past three Sundays? We're bearing our own spiritual gifts, right? Christ in Christ consciousness, divine consciousness, and then the bearing of Jesus, the, the birth of Jesus Christ is the same as birthing our own spiritual gifts, which is another way of saying we're setting aside all our limitations and our judgments about ourselves and start doing what we're supposed to do, okay? Very easy, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not. So what does, what does uh, Mary mean? Mary is an easy one, right? Love. Love, right? What else? Louder, please, I can. Mother of Jesus, what else? Feminine, divine feminine. Creativity, yeah, that's a good one. And intuition, right? So it's our intuitive way of approaching life that's really important here. And as you've noticed that in the beginning, we had two stories with Mary and Joseph both in there. And we talked about Mary being the feminine aspect, the emotional phase of life, 
the love factor, the heart, and then Joseph being the intellect, the wisdom, the mind, and we need both. We cannot deny one for the other to conceive our spiritual gifts. We must have both. We must have the love that goes for all, and we must give that love direction so we can do something specific. But then Mary, in the last, two, the last story from last week, and in this story, you will see that Mary is kind of like at the forefront. And that's a symbolism that in order to then whatever is conceived, which are our ideas about who we are, what we believe we are supposed to do, the job that we are supposed to have, the people we are supposed to be with, the things we are supposed to do in life and what we need to want to leave behind. All those things are those conceived spiritual ideas, but to then bring it into birth, only love can do that. We must fall in love with us, with that gift, right? What else do we have? So Joseph, we already said, mind, intellect, wisdom, and so on. And then we have Jerusalem, Bethlehem, really important too, because it shows up today as well. Jerusalem, Bethlehem, similar. Jerusalem, who remembers? Where are my students? Come on. Peace, peace. habitation of peace, perfect. You should come to class once in a while. So. <laughs> but well done, thank you, thank you. And then Bethlehem is substance, right? And, and we kind of combine it because Bethlehem is south of Jerusalem, so uh, all locations in the Bible have a meaning. Uh, the, these are often he Hebraic names, and when you look up the Hebraic meaning of Jerusalem, it actually means peace. And so you, you know, it's not that far from then taking it to the peace that passes all understanding. And then Bethlehem is just a substance out of which everything it comes, right? You can see substance and equate that to God out of which everything comes into existence, okay? Manger, a little bit more difficult, right? Jesus kind of packed in that manger is like a limitation. It's a physical limitation. It's the limitations that we put on us. And then uh, the bands of cloth. Protection, right, is, is one really good way of seeing it. So we're protecting that newborn child. We're, we need to protect when we first give birth to a new spiritual gift, we kind of need to protect it. It's also a symbol of helplessness. You know, have you, you know, I'm sure we all have experience. We wanted to try something new, and then we, we kind of, it, it's so new and so helpless, like even playing, playing an instrument for the first time, or you know, trying something, singing in front of people for the first time. And then it just may not go as well as we thought it did. We did, and then it just becomes this, we're helpless, right? We need a lot of encouragement, and that the encouragement needs to come from within often, because sometimes even our own families and friends tell us, well, nice try, but maybe, you know, maybe go and get an accounting degree instead, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So that's kind of a quick reminder what we're talking about when we talk about the nativity scene, we're talking about our own spirituality, bringing those gifts into this world. We're talking about that these 
gifts in the very beginning are very fragile. They need to be uh, tended. You know, we need to take care of them. We need to give it time to, to get stronger and stronger, so on. So, but we have a couple of new characters here. So Herod, King Herod, and you probably already guessed it. It's kind of like the antagonist in this story, isn't he? He represents the ego. And think of it this way. If, if whenever you find something in your life that you think that is meaningful to me, that's a gift that I have, a talent I want to share, what almost immediately happens when you're trying to get that gift out? Judgment, right? The ego comes in and says, you are definitely not going to do this, right? You are not intelligent enough. You are not liked enough. You are not good enough. Ever heard those stories, right? That's King Herod, right? That's why he gets all weird about it, because King Herod is kind of like a control freak, you know? He said, hey, I'm in charge here. You know, I'm telling you what to do. You got your accounting degree. I'm so sorry, Rebecca. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why it came up. There's nothing wrong with accounting. Here is the degree that you're supposed to do. You know, even in my own story, you know, I, I actually was a very creative. I was, I was on the path to become a musician. I played the piano, and I was trying out for conservatory and things like that. But I didn't really get a lot of encouragement and eventually, you know, I was told it's better to do, you know, learn business and get a business degree, and then that's the way I survive, right? So, uh, so we have that a lot. It's that ego that tells us, oh, just keep doing what you're doing. You're fine, right? Because we're so used to do the things that we've been doing for many years, and it's scary to do something new. So the ruling power of the physical, that's what it's also translated at. That's Herod. So Herod telling the Magi, he said, hey, you know, once you know where that gift is, tell me so I can squash it. You're laughing, but that's what we do more often than you think. We have these intuitions, right, Mary? We have these intuitions, and we're trying to bear that gift and then we almost immediately squash it because we cannot let go of control, because we cannot have it that anything changes. And we do this with ourselves very often, and that often leads to us also doing it to others, to each other. But first and foremost, we need to learn to stop doing it to ourselves. Right? The Magi here, they represent our spiritual gifts, spiritual resources, sorry, spiritual resources. Because that's one of the things that I love about unity is because we keep reminding ourselves and affirming that we have everything we need. We are powerful divine beings that have all these resources available to us. We have the strength, we have the wisdom, we have anything that we need in order for that gift that just has been born to be tender to and to grow and to strengthen. And that's what the Magi represent. The Magi are looking for those, for those spiritual gifts, right? They're looking for Jesus. It's those resources that we can hone in on to allow that gift to remain. 
Direction is important, always in metaphysics, whenever direction goes on. East means the within, west means the without. The magi come from the east, travel to the west. Starting point of many spiritual practices, where? It's not out here, it's inside. We must go within in order to tap into those resources to help us to bring that spiritual gift into this world. That's all this means. Pretty incredible, isn't it? And then we have the star, star of Bethlehem, means that's the inner conviction. It's that light that we see. It's that faith that we have that we can do it. And sometimes we just need it. We need that, we need that light to shine for us. And we need to believe in that light and need to follow that light until it's born, until you know, it stops. That's what happened in the story. You know, that all of a sudden, the star of Bethlehem was just right above where Jesus was born, which is a symbol of will alignment, exactly. And it gives us direction, too. So that's important. And then the gifts. Gold are our spiritual gifts, the richness, abundance. We have everything available to us that we need. We often don't believe it. That's why the practice of gratitude is so important. Through the practice of gratitude, we learn what we actually have available to us. And then frankincense means transmutation. It's bringing the physical into the spiritual. And then myrrh means the eternity of spirit. That the gifts that we have and everything we do, spiritually speaking, has no expiration date. Okay? It cannot go bad. We don't have to throw it out. It's here for us eternally. So that's the, that's the meaning of those couple of those things. And then when we put it together, you know, we have Jesus Christ born means that's our spiritual gifts. The Magi in Jerusalem, it's peace and in the resources in order to tap into our resources. We need to come to peace first. Here are all upset, right? That's the resistance, judgment that we have. The prophecy is the I am promise. The prophecy of the Messiah is the promise that we are the I am. As simple as that, that we are divine. That's the promise. And then here is request, that's control and fear, is when we get scared. That sometimes it can be scary, right? If, if all of a sudden we have this huge gift that is boiling up in us and we're bringing it to, you know, it may, it may mean a lot of change in our lives. So it can be scary. So don't see it as, as something that, you know, is wrong. It's, it's a natural thing for us to feel a little bit antsy about making a lot of changes, right? But it's something to understand that we have that. And then the Magi's gift, abundance, transformation, eternity, and then the Magi returning. I call this ignoring the chatter. Remember when I talked about the chatter that doesn't matter? We're welcome to ignore it, okay? Um, it's just that mind chatter, right? Ever tried to meditate? Right? What happens as soon as you close your eyes and you're trying to go calm? Squirrel. Monkey mind, squirrel, exactly. That's the chatter, right? So the Magi returning to the East means returning the inner resources, bringing back into, into within ourselves. And then we need to learn to kind of like let the chatter just be. Okay? Do not give power to Herod. 
The only reason why King Herod has power is because we give it to him. But if we don't give it to him and we give it to instead to the Magi, then that will grow and that will strengthen us. So in one sentence, if we could put this in one sentence, it will be when we step forward and bear our spiritual gifts, we might be challenged by our own fears, judgments, and regrets. Well, I lied. It's two sentences. Um, we must remember that we have an infinite amount of inner resources which are abundantly available, eternal, and ready to let us transform our spirituality in this world. But most of all, most importantly, again, just like last week, who remembers? What's the most important thing? Mary. Love as the foundation of all transformation. If we cannot love what we do, even the new thing we want to bring about, it's going to be difficult, not impossible, but difficult. So to tap into that love that Mary represents is really important. But one more thing, joy. It's not just a feeling. It's not just a feeling. It's eternally available, and it's beyond our feeling nature. We have the ability to tap into joy, even in the midst of greatest turmoil. That's where many of those stories that we read in the Bible are about. Jesus walking on water is about peace, but also about joy. Just as love, peace, joy, they're not dependent on our current condition. We may have an argument, we may be upset, we may you know, cry, we may be sad or whatever. All that does never deter the ability to tap into Love, peace, and joy. We must remember that. And that's why Paul writes, rejoice always. He understood that. The Apostle Paul understood the importance of joy. And his command is to rejoice always here in the First Thessalonians because he wants us to remember that the first thing we ought to do is to find that joy regardless of what's happening in our lives. And that can be challenging, of course, but you know, it's the command, it's the, the quest that we're on. And there's actually a little story to this, um, uh, story from a monastery that's been going around for a number of years, where uh, usually these monasteries you know, are hidden in, in the mountains and things like that, and there's like a huge gate in front of those monasteries. It's, kind of like guarded by, by a monk or so. And in this story, um, a, a rich man walks up to the gate and knocks on the door, and the monk opens and says, you know, I've been so blessed in my life. Here, have a, a bunch of grapes from my vineyard. Uh, they're luscious. They're beautiful. I just want to share this with you. And the monk says, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it to the abbot. Thank you very much. He said, no, 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 no. I don't want you to bring it to the abbot. I want you to have it. He said, why? He said, well, every time I show up, when I was poor, I showed up, knocked on the door, 
and you were the one who gave me a piece of bread so I can eat. When I had trouble in my life and needed some advice, it was you who opened the gate and gave, shared your wisdom with me. You are the one who is standing at the gate. You are the one I believe need, you know, deserves that gift. And so the rich man walks away, and the monk kind of like considers this and says, yeah, I get it, but there's, there is this guy, this other monk that's really sick. I think you know, he really needs that a lot more than I do. And he gave the bunch of grapes to, to the one who was sick. And then the one who was sick kind of like, oh, what a beautiful gift. But you know, I had this uh, chef who cooked for me while I was sick and was unable to attend to myself and couldn't do anything. I, I, think, I think he deserves those grapes. And then the chef said, he said, you know, I'm so happy doing this, feeding those monks and, and all that. I, 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 I'm overjoyed that the abbot gave me, you know, a chance to even be here, to be among these spiritual people. And so he gave the grapes to the abbot. And the abbot said, well, you know, we have this young monk who is learning and he's struggling and he's trying to figure it out. So I think he deserves the gift. And the young monk said, he said you know, when I first started, I knocked on this gate and there was this lovely monk who opened the gate and encouraged me to follow my dream. And the grapes ended up back with the other monk at the gate. And then the monk accepted those grapes and he started eating it and enjoying it. And the moral of the story is, joy shouldn't be kept for ourselves. It should be shared freely with those that we believe deserve it or may need it more because eventually we'll always come around for us to, to enjoy those. But there's another, uh, and with that, with that idea, so joy, we can say joy, joy is just like love. Joy is, is meant to be shared, right? And I think that's a really big lesson for us to learn in a community like this, for us individually, but also a community. Joy, love is meant to be shared. When we get you know, attached to it, what often happens in life, it's represented accordingly. But if we learn to share in whatever form, um, then it usually comes back. This, um, you know, I was thinking about that monk's story, which I really love, and then Rabbi Dronov uh, Tagore, he said, you know, I slept and dreamt that life was joy, and then he said, I, I awoke and saw that life was service. I acted, and behold, service was joy. He, he took the idea of joy a little bit further. And I relate this to the monk story because monks are often all about service. And service, as I've learned in the ashram on the Mai Maharishi, is the fastest path toward enlightenment is to be in service to others. And, and that has a lot to do with sharing joy. But there's one more thing we can learn about, um, about joy. And there's another little story about a businessman who helped this workshop. And he had this whole bunch of business people come in. And at the entrance, he, handed, um, he had assistants handing a balloon to them and say, just write your name on the balloon. 
And then they all came in and they tucked the balloon away in a separate room and he had his workshop and once they were done, he said, I want you to come all with me, maybe 100 or 200 people. And he stuffed them all in this relatively small room for that size of people and all the balloons were up on the ceiling, right, with their names on it. And then he said, okay, so now go and find your balloon, the balloon with your name on it. Go for it. And they were all there, you know, 100, 200 people trying to find the balloon. It was chaos and no one could find anything. They were all step, stepping over each other and stumbling and, and, and kind of like getting upset and angry at each other and, you know, just couldn't find what they were supposed to do. Couldn't fulfill the task, right? One of those, it was one of those workshops. And then eventually the, the, the leader said, okay, stop. Now I want you to go take down one balloon and find the person whose balloon that is. And still it took a little bit of time, but eventually it got done. And the moral of that is, just like love, we find joy in helping others to find it. If we are looking for joy just for ourselves, we may end up in chaos, because everyone is looking for that too. But if we find joy, if we help others to find their joy, we might actually find ours along the way. So for this week, before we do our meditation, let us remember that we should find our joy. And again, it's not dependent on a feeling at all. We should share it, and we should help others to find theirs. So let us take that into meditation for today. Let's just begin with a few deep breaths to get us settled. Get in touch with the deeper self, the east, the within. And imagine for a moment that peace, love, joy, is independent and eternal from whatever we feel, whatever we experience. And right now is the time for us to expand into that. So we can use our breath to help us settle and relax. We can allow our breath to become the magi that travel from the east to the west. We are the magi who go past our thoughts and feelings, especially those who are limiting and distracting 
and judgmental. For a moment, we just don't care how upset those thoughts and feelings are. We ignore King Herod and keep going following the star. Coming to peace and find that gift that is ready to be born, that is already born. And allow that gift to come forth. So we put ourselves in this story, knowing that it is about us becoming more of who and what we are, becoming more present to what is, to learn to be kind, to learn to love, and to finally, finally get to that peace of joy. So let us allow the joy to come forth, allow that gift to be present, protect it, tender to it, allow it to get strong, and acknowledge the fear, the worries that may surround it, but keep going, keep allowing the divine to come into this world. Because we are what the world reads right now. We, without limitation, without judgment, are what we need to make this world work in peace, in joy, with love. So let us around, surround ourselves with thoughts and feelings of greatness, of grace and glory. Let us become part of this wonderful journey toward the birth of Jesus Christ by allowing ourselves to be born, reborn again not into someone else's image, but into our own. Not to follow someone else's path, but that of our own. And in that, with much gratitude, 
we give thanks to ourselves for having given us the opportunity to be here right now, in person, online, watching the recording, to be present to what is, to be grateful what we have, and to remember that joy is to be shared. And by finding and helping someone else to find their joy, we just might find our own. And in this way we pray, and in this way we meditate, and in this way we remember who and what we truly are in the presence of the Christ that is within, and so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org. 